Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, podcast? This is Corey from Best Served. On this podcast, Jensen speaks with Michael Duggan of Voices for Chefs. In part two, they dive deeper and bring the storytelling to life with Jensen's epic storytelling challenge. Hope you enjoy. I'm Michael Dugan, your culinary host, guiding you through the chef's journey. Join me at the chef's table, where you'll experience stories, secret sauces, signature dishes, and kitchen disasters. In part two, Chef Jensen takes us deeper and brings storytelling to life with his epic storytelling challenge. And in this episode, you will leave impacted and inspired and ready to tell your story. You'll learn about why restaurants should become podcasters and ambassadors for their community. Let's connect back with Chef Jensen. And tell me this, I mean, 86 bucks for a story with your 86, 86, 86 challenge. That is brilliant. I've read a couple of those stories. Tell, tell us about the 86, 86, 86 challenge. Well, we use the term 86 a lot. Actually, if you work, work with us directly on any of our like content production stuff or brand stuff or, uh-huh. or strategy consulting work, every price has 86 in there somewhere. I just can't help myself. We call a lot of the people that have, <laughs> have worked with us in that medium, allowed us the opportunity to share their stories. We call them 86ers. So like I wanted to take something like so much that that was a that had a negative connotation, you know, like the item that got 86 and nobody got told and then they sold yep. it and there's drama in the restaurant, all these things that we know. So I want to take that and flip it. And I also wanted to challenge us. And the, when I say the 86, 86, 86 challenge, the challenge was really for us. And what I wanted to do is say, could we for three months, basically put a story out every single day, find a way to do a couple things. One, to be able to create the infrastructure and process to be able to publish articles very quickly with people that don't have writing backgrounds. Because when I say authors, writers, we're talking there was line cooks, there was servers, there was bartenders. It was not professional writers. And we told them, like, your story matters and nobody can tell it as good as you. So we want to hear it. We want to find a way to put it out there and we want to pay you $86, which was also an important number for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is so many writers that I know that are professional writers uh, uh, just pumping out another listicle of best burgers in town. They get paid like $75 yeah. for those. I was like, no wonder we don't have meaningful food media because we don't value the people that are bringing those stories to life, let alone the people that, on the other end that are that are giving those stories to the writers to be able to express. And so I wanted to put a number out there that shifted that expectation of that financial and and kind of emotional input. And also I wanted to then 
be able to figure out a way that I could get people to pay for this and the sponsorship model. So the first thing was like, let's create a really clear financial expectation, no ambiguity. So a sponsor could sponsor an article for $110 and 86 of that those dollars went directly to the writer. We had a nonprofit partner in the weeds so that that, that uh, contribution was, was tax deductible, which made an easier yes for, you know, corporate sponsor types. And then uh, 5% went to them and then, you know, didn't even really actually pay for all the cost of production and all that. But then there was a small amount that went to the cost of production. And, uh, and so we had that clear transparency and it, it allowed them to directly support somebody in the industry, which there isn't that direct pipeline enough in our industry to really support the human on the other end. That's, that's putting out their story. And then the hardest part, Michael, of this whole thing was convincing people across our industry. I interacted with thousands of people to lay the groundwork for this. And so many people did not believe me that I actually wanted their story out there, that there was a way to get it published oh and a way to get them paid. Oh my God. And yeah. there are hundreds of people that said, I'm yes, I'm writing a story. This sounds perfect. And then when they, I can just tell from interactions with them, they sat down and all of the doubt, all of the imposter syndrome, all of the self worth crept in. And so many people, we'd set deadlines. This was one of my tests for you. I'd set deadline. Yeah. The day after the deadline, they'd reach back out to me. Oh, I missed it. I was so busy. I could extend it for right. you. And they go, I could just see them go, oh, shit, called my bluff. And some of them wrote them, but others, you know, kind of ghosted and, and found more excuses to get the story out there. So I learned a lot. It was a big challenge. And that was the hardest challenge is to have people believe in themselves enough and uh, even as good of a, of a hype man and cheerleader as I am for people in our industry it was a massive struggle I spent so much time you know people were like I don't know what to write about and I was like just write about what you cooked for dinner last night write about the first time you went to a sushi restaurant write about cooking with your grandmother write about your favorite holiday cookies like anything is a story we just desperately need to connect to people and, and find new adventures in food and find things that bring us home that familiar that there's a kinship again relationship business people say oh i have the same experience you're forever connected and uh so that was a great challenge uh, a lot that we learned from that a lot more work we have to do to get everybody on every side of the equation to really buy into it so we got a lot more to figure out and huge challenges there but uh that's that's the kind of thing we want to do to to bring this this connective tissue of what best served is meant to be kind of to the forefront. Yeah. You hooked me on that challenge. When I looked at the story behind the story is what I would call Mm -hmm. it. The story behind that challenge is amazing. And then you have these people from all walks of life that are telling these stories. It's, it's so real and raw, you know, it's, it's so unique. And the articles, Michael, were so good. I know, man, I've been reading them. (laughs) We were just like, so impressed. I couldn't believe it. We we thought I'm shocked. We thought, look, we had a team, amazing teams, uh headed up by Sophie Breaker, uh Katie O'Hara, uh Yeah, I was listening to Katie the other day. Yeah, Zoe Shack, Camille Shoemaker, uh Sarah Carpenter, and uh, Nicole Vargas. Uh Alejandro Gonzalez helped us because we had Spanish language. Wow. We have Spanish language content and we published Spanish language articles, which I thought was very important for us in this process as well. They did an amazing job, and and uh, I was 
I was sure yeah. that they were going to have to spend hours and hours like completely rewriting or back and forth and back and forth. And there were certain articles. I didn't change wow. a single thing. I published it in 12 minutes. I was like, that is amazing. And uh, so that was really exciting. And, yeah. and then when, when people got a check for 86, the, the pictures that I got people sent us with their check was just like, it was amazing. Right. I felt like it was one of those publisher clearinghouse where you show up with a giant check at their door and they're just blown away, except it wasn't some raffle. You did that. You manifested that with your story, that one piece of content away from being a published and paid writer. How cool is that? Say you should create a collage of those photos of people taking those pictures, you know? I mean, you do so many cool things, but I, I think that, right. that would be really <laughs> impactful to see. Yeah. And for them to see, to be honored, right? It was it was fun. Some people, I think, still didn't believe that they were getting an $86 check till it showed up at their door. Like, what is this thing? Wait a minute. You know, we had like a letter that got sent to them. It was. It's like an award. Come on. It's like an award, man, or a ribbon or, you know, some sort of recognition. It's It's brilliant. It really represents that. For them, it might as well when they might as well have won a James Beard Award. Yeah, right. They were acknowledged by their peers at the highest level for being able to put out a story that's meaningful, that's personal, that has an impact. I don't know how you can do something better in our industry than that. And the suffering and the reality and just oh my God, I'm hooked. Like I don't have that much time and you are taking up so much of my life now. You don't even realize like I'm hooked on your show. And you inspire me and you inspire me to be a podcaster. And that's what I really wanted to tell you because I'm grateful. Yeah. I was devastated and inspired by so many of those. Some of them were really tough to read. It's a good storyteller. The willingness to tell the story. It's, it's everything. Like I, I so appreciate what you're saying and I am novice at best. What I have is not this immense, profound ability to tell a story. I have an unwavering commitment that story is what I want to bring to the world, what I what I actually have to offer. Yeah. And so that I think is the most important thing. Like we're all storytellers. We all have something to say. We all have something that that is so uniquely us. And just being willing to do it, again, I go back to this, like you're one story, you're one piece of content away from having that breakthrough, it, it might be personal, it could be professional, it could be both. And so that's what makes a great storyteller. And look, yes, yeah. there's absolutely skills and talent that, that feed into that. Yet you don't know that the person on the other end of hearing or watching that story is not going to resonate. And I think this is something that comes into the restaurant I remember early on realizing that I didn't need as many customers as I thought. Like I thought I needed every single person in Denver to come to my restaurant to be successful. And the reality is, is like, you know what? I need like 50 people to really give a shit. And that's it. Right. And everything else is, is transient business. And you definitely need to have a, a vehicle to be able to bring in that type of business or that type of audience. But you just need that, that core. So when I talk about like our core team, like that's what I'm really building. Like if I build a legacy for this storytelling and content uh, idea and this concept that we have, it's not going to be because millions of people have listened to it, watched it, interact with it. It's because 
12 people, 15 people, 20 people decided that they were willing to work with us, to collaborate and contribute, right. be a part of our team. That to me is more powerful and meaningful than anything. Okay. So if we're able to build up a team that now sees the work that they do having an impact on the world and some people that they know, like that to me is super meaningful. Good. If that creates an ops opportunity, excuse me, and an upside potential for millions of people to be able to get value out of it, well, I think that is just so worth the time, the effort, the heartache, the pain, the struggle, the I don't want to put out content anymore. Trust like, me, I know. I that, love yeah. putting out content. At the same time, Michael, we're we're not putting out content right now. Original content right. coming out for Best Served. We kind of go into planning for 2022. Wow. And our team took off a week for Thanksgiving. We're taking off a week from Christmas Eve through New Year's, which in my adult life I've wow. never done. Uh, because I'm so I know we're doing it, man. And so we're not putting out original content. And some days I wake up, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of glad I don't have to like be on today. And uh, and so that's okay too. Like you're gonna have those days, and I definitely feel okay with the fact that I know, right? Some days I'm like, I'm fired up. I got like two shows we're recording and four other video chats I'm doing. We're doing a brainstorm session, a meeting of the minds with a with a client, and this and that. I'm fired up. I'm like gonna be on all day. I'm just putting on a show, and I'm gonna like bring value. And other days I'm just like. Do I not have to? Well, like, you know, I do audio you? only because it's more, I'm fine with video, but it's more to honor the chef because they're so busy and a lot of times they cancel and that's just, that's what happens. And it's like, because you're just so overwhelmed by the industry right now when, when we set up for interviews and they're nervous and I try to help them along. Right. And with coaching and stuff. And so it, audio seems to be easier for them. I'm thinking about moving to video, but. But anyway, before we wrap up, I really want to put a huge shout out to Chef Mimi. When I met her, we really clicked. And she's like, you have to check out Best Served. We're doing this mini series on Best Served on, on Clubhouse. And, you know, it's about storytelling. And I went to your storytelling session. And I remember Chef Michelle Fox. I remember um, you, of course. And Chef Mimi was there. And, you know, a lot of really incredible chefs. There was one guy talking about cooking bear. And I just remember how impactful that was for me to say, I get it. You know, you're, you're honoring people in the hospitality business. You're giving them a voice and chef Mimi, I just can't thank you enough for connecting us. Yeah, chef Mimi is my, uh, my spirit animals. One of those people uh -huh. that like, has has overcome their own yep. doubts and self-doubts. You know, this is, she talks about this as her third career, right? Like she didn't come up, hasn't worked in restaurants and all that. And uh, also, you know, doubted the ability to tell story or, or sometimes right. you know, struggling with English as a second language being Vietnamese and, and Clubhouse just, you know, found that platform because mm -hmm. also video is really scary and oh, for I love her and i'm excited because in january she's going to do a video show with us and I'm, I'm so grateful that you trust what we've done enough right and me was one of those people she's just like i love what you're doing what can i do to be a part of it and she's like i want to be on your team yeah she's amazing mimi has a mimi is on our website has a title has an email address is on our slack channel she is like she's a force so she was like i I'm on the team. You just tell me what it what that means. I was like, oh, I love it. I don't know what that means, but let's just work on stuff and figure it out. And the series you're talking about, I mean, we're working with the James Beard Foundation, pinnacle organization in our industry. And they're like, you all are some of the most organized and detailed 
and inclusive and focused and great storytellers and content producers yeah. that we've come across. I'm like, shut the hell up. Cause I'm pretty sure we have no idea what the hell we're doing. So uh, thank you. And we're going to continue to do that because we just think differently and are, have different metrics and understanding. So even when you mentioned like the amount of comments or reviews yeah, no, or all it. that stuff, I spent exactly zero time worrying about that. Even though I know, even though we, I have a great marketing mind, I understand how the metrics work. I understand how the business works. We're so thinking long-term that I was like for two years, we're going to do nothing but find meaningful content and stories and people. And we're going to, you know, dabble in other things and we're going to A-B test a little bit and we're going to do some of that stuff. But we're not going to go full in on what it takes to like really build a strong following because I know how to do that. You know, like in, in, a, yeah. in a one year span went from zero to 17,000 followers on Instagram. I know like I know how to do that. Right. Um, but like for me, it's like something we're building something different. And, and then I see it, you know, there's like episodes that have 150 views, but then I see now, like, you know, now we can't put out an episode that gets less than 7,000 views, you know, and there's ones that are like 20,000 views and this is no paid media. Like, again, I know the strategies. I could definitely uh, boost all of these things and, and get them to a quarter million. And we'll probably do some stuff like that because we want to break through into new audiences and be more public and forward facing. But like it was important to build the foundation of what we're actually trying to do and not worry about the vanity metrics until we were in a true growth stage. And I think restaurants, we struggle with that, too. We're so focused on so many of those vanity metrics. And I want people thinking about how do I tell the story of this one dish that is the foundation of why I cook? And I don't want you to just put a picture of it on Instagram and say, come buy my shit. I want you to tell a meaningful story. So we talk about cross utilization just as a little like value add for the audience. Think about cross utilization. What do we do in a restaurant, in a kitchen, behind a bar to multipurpose as many ingredients as possible to minimize food waste, to maximize our purchasing opportunity, case sizes, all those type of things. We do a pretty good job of that in, in restaurants, but then we don't apply that same methodology when it comes to storytelling, content and marketing. And so I want you to do that, like the transactional nature of how we use social media and expecting because we have a good burger, somebody's going to come and buy it is obligated to buy that because you put a post on social media. It's just ridiculous. So like we talk about that and then we talk about like, what's the 12 pack? How do we build a 12 pack, a full case around a single dish? So I want to know what's the... What's the 250 word article you're going to write about this dish? Because if you can't write a 250 word article about every dish on your menu, then why the f is it on your menu? You're just hype chasing. You're just trying to, to capture the, the attention that you think that that dish creates within the market. And then you end up being everything for everybody, which means if you're not known for one thing, you'll be known for yeah. nothing. We fall into that trap. I want to know what's the journey. What, what brought us here? What are the, what are the, you know, Danny Meyer talks about like, know the cow, like, what is that backstory? What, what is your personal connection to it? I want to know about the culture. Like, what is, what do your employees feel about it? What would somebody who's a potential employee, if you're short staff, which is every restaurant, tell me why I should care enough to come cook that burger. What is it about that burger and cooking it with you and for our guests? That's going to be meaningful to my life. You know, and then the product itself, like show me a 360 degree view of that product. I want to know the video of you talking about why it's on your menu. Like I want to know more than just like, look at this pretty finished plate, come buy it. 
And we haven't done a very good job of that. So we want to look at that cross-utilization as a new approach and methodology to be able to actually bring those stories to life. Because one in 12 is a rule that I have. You get to ask for a sale in one in 12. You can make offers and you can create further engagement and interaction in every single you know, one of these 12 stories that you're telling around this dish. You only get to ask for a direct sale, come buy my stuff, one out of 12. And if you shift that mindset and approach and actually bring value, it changes the relationship significantly because restaurants too often, Michael, you know this, like they're like, well, I don't want to post too often because I don't want to spam people. It's like, you're only spamming them if you're actually spamming them because we're consuming massive amounts of food content. People want the story. They want to know all about it. They want unfettered access to you and the story. Unfortunately, sometimes there is no personal space when you are a public facing business like a restaurant, but that's, that's what people want and the value that you bring. So put it out there in a meaningful way. You're only spamming if you're spamming. And unfortunately, we become so transactional and come by my shit because we need to sell more of them because we're not getting as many butts and seats because, you know, we just brought in this really expensive product with no plan on how to actually sell it. Now we're freaking out that we need to sell 22 of them. Otherwise, we're going to lose yep. money and we got to think a little bit more long term and strategic. So hopefully uh, some restaurant chefs and people are out there listening to that going, oh, I could tell 12 different micro stories around one dish and uh, it'll make a huge impact. I mean, that's the key, right, is story. Story creates impact. That's why there's so many podcasts, right? And but but the podcasts that get listened to are the ones that have good stories. Mm hmm. And every restaurant should have a podcast. Oh, yeah. Every restaurant should be on Clubhouse and then turn that audio recording into a podcast. Like even beyond just thinking about like talking about food. I've been talking about this a lot. Nobody's taken yeah. me up yet. Somebody will at some point. Maybe it's somebody listening right now. Put it out there right now. I want you as a restaurant to start a podcast. And you might be in a little neighborhood that has four other restaurants and 12 other retail shops. And there's a dentist office on the corner. And there's this and there's that and the other. And I want you to start a podcast that is named after whatever your small neighborhood is called or the street that your neighborhood is, is on. And I want you to become the ambassador of that community. And so you can talk about food. You can talk about the other restaurants. You can have the, the dentist on talking about, you know, how they've had clients who they're on their third generation of people who've lived in this neighborhood and they've been coming to their dentist office since 1974. You can create that kind of story. People look to you to be that ambassador, that voice for that community. Well, when they're deciding where they're going to spend their money, where they're going to have their holiday event for their business, where they're going to bring their family when they come into town, like you are going to always be top of mind for them because you are a storyteller within that community that brings the most value and the most connection to people. And for one hour a week, you could tell stories just about that neighborhood and the 4,000 people in your neighborhood that then bring you those 50 people that come and on an average spend $24,000 a year with you. That's the foundation of a business that's equitable, profitable, and sustainable. Because you spend an hour a week talking to your neighbors. Imagine that. That's a really powerful message. So as we wrap up, how do people find you? I know how to find you. You're all over the place. But how? what's the best way to find you and get connected with you? Yes. Well, you mentioned the 86 Challenge. That's where I want people to, to be really looking right now. So definitely go to bestservepodcast.com. 
and uh, and head over to the 86, 86, 86 challenge and, and uh, be prompted right off the bat to kind of pick your journey. And so we want to take you over there because I want people reading those articles because somebody's going to read that article and go, God, I have something to say. Like, I want them reaching out to us. So I think that's important. Uh, and uh, yeah, Best Served Podcast or at Chef Jensen Cummings on kind of most of the platforms. I'm definitely wanting more restaurants to connect on TikTok. You're going to see a lot more content from us on TikTok as I think that is going to be the most crucial social media platform for restaurants within two years. And uh, so we're definitely going to be very much more active. We've kind of been just messing around, testing stuff. But TikTok will be where you find significant amount of customers, what I call whole house marketing. You need to look at whole house, not just the front house versus the back house. We're taking that same mindset to people are struggling right now to find customers and to find employees. And so we're, you're going to see people on there talking about, you know, I'm a line cook and I believe in this and I believe in that. And I want to work at a place that's this. And you're going to reach out to them and say, hey, we're exactly that. And you're going to share the TikTok that you made talking about what we call job stories. Like, here's the type of environment that we're cultivating. Here's why we're a great workplace worth working. Here's why we would love to have this type of person who believes in this type of thing working at a restaurant. So you're going to create an opportunity for bringing you know, those classic butts in seats, but also you're going to develop your team that way. In, uh, and TikTok is going to be one of the ways that that happens. So those are a couple of places I would say definitely connect with us. And if you want to check out the video podcast, Facebook is definitely the spot where there's the most activity happening around uh, the show itself. Okay, great. And one last question for you. Please. What's one thing when you launched the Best Serve podcast that you never expected to happen? still be doing it two years later (laughs) (laughs) or maybe that's the only thing i expected to happen was i would still be doing it two years later i just didn't know if anybody would care enough to listen or to want to be a part of it and uh, yeah you should start making content and telling your story today because i didn't expect to be here and now we've had done tens of thousands of pieces of content millions of engagements and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have trusted us with their story and we've you know built a a real business and we have a great team and never would have expected if that's what i went in trying to manipulate it into being something it just was what i was willing to put out there into the world and it, it always comes back to you well fantastic chef jensen thank you so much for being a guest and and making the time for us we really appreciate it. Truly an honor to talk with you and, and your audience. And, uh, and, and hopefully your wife enjoys this episode as well. I'm sure she will. Thanks for joining us today. Follow us on Facebook. Find our website in the show notes. Subscribe on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen. Leave a comment with five stars. And stay tuned for the next episode of Voice for Chefs. listening to the best served podcast subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes